This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not meant for anyone younger than 13. Do not harass any of the names mentioned in this episode. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film. And by the way, spoilers spoilers this this one has major spoilers and the reason i'm emphasizing on the spoilers is because this is a recent movie it's still out in theaters so giving you heads up right now again in case you missed the disclaimer or the first couple times i've said spoilers there this pod like this review will have spoilers all right um but anyway, yes, I am talking about the latest Batman movie, which is called The Batman, directed and co-written by Matt Reeves, who I absolutely love his Planet of the Apes movies. You know, I he's one of my mo- favorite modern day directors. Um, it is also co-written by Peter Craig, and other writing credits give to Bill Finger, you know, create, you know, created by Batman, you know, Batman created by Bill Finger with some help uh, from Bob Kane. But <laughs> anyway, I'm probably going to keep this one a bit short because in case you couldn't tell with my voice, I'm sure you'll be able to tell once I start sniffling and all that. I am not feeling 100 percent. But I need to get this out in time for the Saturday. You know, that that's the grind. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just going to try to keep to the points. Not I'm going to try not to divulge too much. But yes, I've seen this movie twice now. First time in IMAX Friday. And literally just last night as a second viewing and just from me watching the movie twice now you could probably tell i really love this movie um like i legit enjoyed it um i knew i was gonna enjoy it but man this this movie kicked butt but yeah anyway here's how it goes in john versus film i start off by talking about five things i like and then I go into five things I dislike or criticisms, but in this for this movie, they are very much nitpicks. Uh, I will not sugarcoat that. And then I will end the podcast with or the review with my overall thoughts. So yeah. Anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, so for the guy likes, these are more of I loves, as in I really love what this movie did. So the first point I ran down was that this is a visually amazing movie with a clear artistic style emphasized with great lighting and cinematography. So, yeah, what I mean is this movie has a real strong style, a very, you know, it's a very noir film, but the lighting is absolutely great. You know, there are, you know, like there are dark moments, but it's there's always you know great lighting, making some fantastic 
contrast and you know we get to see light shadows and all that you know it's just it's a very visually pleasing movie you know it like uh gotham for example it it does feel you know still like it's an american city but it has that goth you know that gothic element to it you know the goth in gotham has returned you know, it's not just a phase, Mom. <laughs> but yeah, you get, you know, some really good settings, you know, and then you got some neon lights. And uh, it's just, it's a very gorgeous movie, you know, visually alone. In fact, you know, just, and the cinematography, it is work of art. You know, I would literally, a lot of these shots, I would, I could see, you know, just hanging you know, for, as a framed, you know, picture on a wall, they are seriously that good. I especially love the upside down Batman shot that we saw in the trailers. That that was that was brilliant. You know, with the lighting of the fire. You know, just Batman being upside down, making it feel more like a bat. You know, hanging from you know the ceiling or top of a cave or whatever you know and uh, it is so good so 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 good um so yeah there's that you know and again i would be talking more about the shots and giving more examples but like i said i'm not feeling well so um but don't worry at the end i will be telling you all something so in case you missed it uh, yeah, the, I, I will just say this isn't going to be the f last time I talk about the Batman for sure. Um, so my next point is, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, da 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 pronunciation. Okay. Let's see. We're going to go to YouTube for a second. Hi there, I'm Michael Giacchino. Giacchino, okay. So, Michael Giacchino, I absolutely loved his soundtrack. It is perfect for this movie. His theme for Batman himself, the dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. You know, it is very catchy, and it has been stuck in my head ever since I've listened to it in the trailer, you know, when I first heard it. But, um, I've, let me, like, tap into Batman's theme for a little bit. I feel like that took some inspiration from Jaws, as there seems to be, like, you know, it's building up. And this movie, you know, with Batman himself having... A lot of horror traits to him you know it really while you know there's something heroic to batman scene it's also it sounds a little bit more horrifying as well you know there's that horror element to it you know and that jaws like feature you know where it's just kind of building up on itself getting more intense as it goes and batman's theme is not the only stand you know standout soundtrack as uh Riddler's scene with uh, 
What is it? Uh, Riddler thing. Riddler thing. Uh, yeah, so Riddler theme, it has, you know, this rendition of another song that, in the movie, Riddler, you know, he was an orphan who was, you know, in this crier singing the song for Thomas Wayne's election. There's, there's the first sniffle. Um, shoot, I should have looked this up a little bit. Uh, it's gonna kill me. If I don't um, look it up, yep, there's sniffle too. Yep, the sniffles are coming. See, I am not. I am not uh, feeling okay. <laughs> uh, so, pardon me. Wish I could delay this review, but I gotta get it up Saturday. So. Uh, or whatever. Uh, see, trying to read it. Uh, maybe I have to go on Twitter. This this is very bad. I should have looked this up earlier, but. Uh, yeah, let, let's search Twitter. I know, very you know, reliable site. Riddler theme. It's like, it's on the tip of, you know, Ava Maria. Okay. It's, uh, so Riddler's theme is, like, this very demented, you know, demented take on Ava Maria, and that's very good for the Riddler's character. It, you know, it reveals a lot about the Riddler, but there's also something inquisitive, you know, about Riddler's theme, yet haunting as well. I really love that. So, yeah, that, that, uh, took longer than I would have liked, uh, Again, apologies. I should have looked it up. My bad. Uh, on my next point of what I love is that the performances in this movie, all of them were fantastic. If I were to give, you know, well, first of all, Paul Dano, I will talk about him first. He did an excellent job as Riddler. You know, um, you know, he does... So, for the weather in this movie, he is, you know, a little bit of a different take, but at the same time, he borrows a lot of what has been done. He plays, he, he, you know, like, is able to play off this very deranged individual, but something, you know, geeky about him, you know, um, in some scenes, you know, where he is a nerd, <laughs> you know, to put it lightly, but... Yeah, no, he does a great job of capturing who the Riddler is. This very egotistical, you know, maniacal psychopath, you know, at, you know, acting his revenge on the city, you know, but is also like really into, you know, his riddles and puzzles, 
know, there's something giddy about him, you know, that reminds me of the Riddler portrayal in the 60s Adam West show. Funny enough, with how he, you know, laughs and stuff. But there's, you know, elements of Batman the M8 series Riddler. Like, how there's, like, this egotism to him. Where he does believe, and to some extent, that he is the smartest individual in the room. And to ex- some extent, he is. But he also throws a tantrum when it doesn't go his way. You know, just a very great performance. Uh, and before I talk about my very favorite performance of this movie, I gotta give um, credit to John Turo, you know, playing Carmine Falcone, Andy Serkis as Alfred, Colin Farrell as Penguin, Jeffrey Wright as being the new best Gordon, you know, being Batman's BFF, and Zoe, uh, Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle was very excellent. All of them were very excellent, but my favorite has to go with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Now, not necessarily Bruce Wayne, but that's fine because the thing in the movie is that he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He wants to be Batman. He's so focused on being Batman. In fact, most of the movie, he is Batman. We don't get a lot of Bruce Wayne scenes, and I'm fine with that. You know, especially since he does such a great job as the Batman. You know, um, he was very much able to really act in that costume, give Batman this menacing, you know, like, uh, appearance, you know, not appearance, but, you know, just demeanor, I guess that would be the best word, demeanor. Oh, there's some like very intimidating. Uh, also, like if you like look at the Batman's eyes in the movie, you know how much emotion was conveyed just through looking at his eyes alone. It is very excellent work from Robert Pattinson. I have to say, well done. He did a fantastic job, and I think he might be my favorite, you know, live action portrayal of Batman. Next point is Matt Reeves really captured and understood the Batman character and world. You know, and yeah, pretty much that's what it says. I think this is the most accurate portrayal of what people would consider of who Batman is and what people would think of Gotham when you say Gotham. And also, you know, with other characters like Gordon, Riddler, even Penguin, uh, Falcone, he does his research all around he makes them feel like these are the characters we've known for years like he's while still you know adding some you know if his like own take you know takes on it of course but there's something to it that feels so genuine from the source material you get a sense that he he really is a fan of the batman franchise and he really understands these characters. He especially understands Batman himself, as we really get, you know, a very much of a character arc going through Bruce and Batman that we haven't really seen in previous, you know, live action Batman movies where funny enough, he's always kind of like gotten pushed to the side a little bit in a lot of the films. But 
yeah, this is about the Batman, and he pushes the Batman emotionally in this movie. And for the final thing that I really love about this movie is that this is a very well-written movie. And I am so glad, you know, it gives, you know, this very long, like, it's a long overdue detective story as well for a character known as, you know, the world's greatest detective. It's weird that's taken us all the way to 2022 to get a live action movie where he's finally being a detective. The only um, outlier, I guess, would be Batman the movie from 1966. There is a little detective element in there, but yeah, this is a detective noir type of movie. And it gives, you know, a bit of an ambiguous ending with Gotham being flooded. You know, there's... Batman says it's going to get worse before it gets better at the end. But anyways, yeah, it showcases Batman having to be a detective. It's weirdly something that's been missing in live action Batman for a really long time. So that's really great. And yeah, this is a very well paced, you know, story as well. You know, it's the movie's almost three hours long, but it doesn't. But it feels just right. Oh, I, you know, can't wait to watch this over and over again. You know, there's just I wouldn't really miss a scene. You know, it's it's also very like an engaging mystery as well because you know here's the thing in the trailer we know who's killing, you know, these you know figures or whatever, but we don't you know from the trailers they don't tell us why you know and that's that's the mystery of why what you know what there is some sort of mystery going on you know and what's great about this movie is that it's probably even better a second time around even after finding out all the clues because you get to really see the clues you know in a better light as you you know that that's a great out i know i'm kind of mumbling and tripping over my own words but i guess you know what does tell a really great mystery, you know, mystery story is that it's not reliant on its reveal, that it can still be a be you know, a good movie, if not, you know, this case better, you know, what makes a good mystery story is one that you can revisit, in my opinion. The one that's not like, oh, the twist or reveal, that's good. That was the one thing that kept me hooked, but the rest was garbage. No, the rest is fantastic. Even that's not the mystery element. Um, This does take, you know, Batman into some dark places, questioning his morals, you know, whether his path of vengeance is right for the city. You know, like it puts Batman into a position where he has to question himself, question if what he's doing is the right thing, essentially. And at the end of the movie, while there are some dark moments throughout the entire movie, like this is a very dark tone movie. It ends with some hopefulness, you know, it's not very, it's not a depressing movie because it ends with this hopeful message, you know, with Batman you know, realizing that he needs to change his ways and he is looking to try to be more of a hopeful figure. He sees 
what he really, or at least he's starting to see what he, you know, needs to be, even if he doesn't realize it yet. He is starting to see that vengeance is not the only thing he, ha- you know, he needs to be. He needs to be something more. You know, so it ge- it literally gives you a light at the end of the tunnel for this movie. Uh, so, yeah, those are all the things I love. And again, I, I probably could have talked a lot more about them, but if you know, yeah, my cat was very talkative for some reason right there. But anyway, what I'm saying is if I was feeling better, I would talk more about this. But I'm feeling right, feeling like uh, crap because of allergies. So, yay, allergies. So, let's get on to my dislikes slash criticisms. You know, five things I dislike. Well, these are definitely nitpicks because... I really love this movie. So, yeah. So my cat is deciding to use the letterbox right now. That that's that's a bonus dislike, you know. Just my cat's inconvenient timing, creating a lot of noise. So try to ignore that if you can hear that. So anyway, my first nitpick is that there are too many things to like about this movie. Yeah. So. In this podcast, I try to keep it focused. I limit myself to five things I like and then try to find five things I dislike. So this is kind of a cheat dislike, but at the same time, it's just like, this movie's too good. I love this movie. It is really top-notch. Next point is... Uh, not a lot of Alfred scenes. You know, it was kind of weird to see Alfred not being in a lot of scenes. You know, don't get me wrong. When he is there, he is fantastic. Andy Circus did a great Alfred. You know, and Alfred does have an impact to this movie. But I was... It kind of just felt weird that... You know... Alfred was not in the movie as much as I thought he was. In fact, I think... It was weird, you know, so... Like, before the movie was coming out, Colin Farrell was saying, you know, hey, I'm not even in a lot of, you know, scenes for the Batman. I'm only in, like, a couple. But I thought Colin Farrell's, you know, Penguin, he was in more scenes than he, than Alfred was. You know, and the trailers kind of led me to believe that there was going to be some sort of, you know, more of a conte- congestion or, con- I don't know. Congestion is what I have, but that I don't think that's what... I, I guess, you know, from the trailers, I thought, you know, there was going to be more going into Alfred and Bruce's relationship than it did. But again, it is a nitpick because what we did have is fantastic. And I don't think I would change the movie to just add more Alfred scenes. Um, My third. <laughs> sorry, I don't have a tissue on me, so I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> um. But yeah, the third thing I dislike is um, it's this tiny moment. Um, it's when Bruce and Selena they're talking at the bat signal in the middle of the movie. Uh, they're talking about what they're gonna do to find this girl that Selena was looking out for, and um. So anyway. Batman and Selena, they get into a bit of an argument 
this Batman trying to interrogate so you know, or ask, you know, what relationship does Selena have to Falcone? You know, and she and I should I, I should say Batman he forced Selena to a point where she just revealed Falcone's my father and then oh yeah, like Sentry she says, He's my father And then Batman like you know, you know, he like steps back, I guess. You know, he pulls back and he's you know says sorry. Just like here's the thing. I've read The Long Halloween, you know, and uh I've also watched the Long Halloween adaptation, you know, so I knew going in that Falcone was um Catwoman slash Selena's, you know, father. I knew that going ahead of the movie. I just felt how they executed that reveal feel felt a little bit too cliched. I think that could have, you know, been revised a little bit. But it's not too bad. It's just a very tiny moment. The scene overall is great. Um Fourth point is that the uh, I think they could have pushed the Thomas and Falcone relationship a bit further. So what I mean is in the movie you know, it's been revealed that Thomas actually asked to asked Falcone to take care of this, you know, reporter who is going to leak stuff about Martha, you know, being in Arkham. And um, Thomas only wanted Falcone to scare the reporter because the reporter wasn't going to take any hush money, you know. But Falcone went too far and killed the reporter. You know, so it made this, you know, kind of revelation of, you know, hey, maybe Thomas was not as good as we thought. Um, but it, Alfred kind of reveals that, no, after Thomas found out Falcone did that, you know, that uh, he was going to go to police and confess everything, I guess, you know, for this happening. Um. So it made it so, no, he was a good person that just made a very bad decision, which I think could have been fine. You know, it's just, I don't know. It felt very much, you know, they were still trying to keep the, oh, he's still a good person. You know, I like the Telltale Batman's interpretation of Thomas, you know, who was the biggest, pretty much criminal mastermind, you know, in Gotham. In that story, but this isn't Telltale Batman. But just to kind of give you a reference, I guess I would have loved to see there being more of a relationship to them, you know. But um, I will say, I do think it is very. Amb- they do still leave it ambiguous to who killed um, Thomas and Martha Wayne because. The thing is, you know, Bruce, after, you know, Riddler reveals about the history of Thomas and Falcone's relationship, Bruce, as Bruce, you know, goes to Falcone and asks what was up. And, you know, Falcone reveals, yeah, that's what happened. Um, But he thinks that Maroney, you know, was the one to kill the father. You know, but he doesn't have evidence. It's just that's what it looks like to him. 
you know, because, you know, Maroney was afraid that Thomas was going to be in Falcone's pocket. And at that time, Maroney and Falcone were, you know, had a row, you know, rivalry, you know, and, but Alfred says that, no, he feels like Falcone was the one to kill Thomas and Martha because, you know, Thomas was going to confess to the police you know, but he says he doesn't know. It could have still been just some mugger from Joe of Chill. And I, I'm gonna, I well, nobody's caught the killer in this universe. But I just said Joe Chill because it's always Joe Chill. But yeah. So anyway, I'm more inclined to believe that it was just a random mugger, you know, than. It being Falcone or Maroni killing um, Bruce's parents, but because here's the thing, I while I wouldn't put it past Falcone to do it, I just the thing is you got Gotham is also a very broken city in this movie. I think you know kind of people misinterpret you know Alfred's statement as he knows for you know he is. 99% sure Falcone did it, you know, they, but in reality, I feel like Gotham is such a broken place, even when Bruce's parents were still alive, that it could have just been some random mugger. And it's also kind of the thing to point out is that both Falcone and Alfred said Thomas Wayne was a good person. You know, they got who made a bad mistake. They just said it in different ways. So I think it's kind of interesting that there is still no clear answer to that. So, but yeah. And my final dislike is that I, strangely enough, it feels like a lot of people are not giving the, are weirdly not giving this movie enough credit. Even like a positive reviews, I kind of just see these like weird, weird complaints about the movie, I guess. I don't know. It's just, like, they're downplaying it somewhat. I know this isn't really a movie, but it is something I dislike. It's just kind of the online discourse. Um, just people trying to put this movie down. When even, like, the positive ones, you know, some of the positive ones are still, like, it's not that good, you know. Like, it's good. You know, it's really good, but it's not a masterpiece or stuff. I'm just, like, what did we watch a different movie? This movie's art. But anyway, my nose is bothering me, so yeah, again, I wish I could have done a longer episode on this. It really does deserve it, but uh, my body does not want to agree with me. So my overall thoughts are this is an instant classic that truly deserves to be called The Batman. This is easily one of my favorite superhero movies of all time and a strong contender for best Batman movie. I full-heartedly believe this movie will age like fine wine with more people appreciating it. Yeah, and that's pretty much it, you know. It's I think it's still a bit too early to say where I would personally rank, you know, the Batman, but if I were to do like a tier ranking, I would be S tier. It would be top tier. This movie is a work of art that truly does capture what Batman is. But anyway, that's it for this episode. 
Uh, the announcement that I was hinting at is that I'm currently writing an essay that I plan to be like sort of an audio video essay. Now that's currently in the works. I'm going to do more of a deep dive into how this movie, you know, portrayed Batman himself. So look forward to that on my YouTube channel. I don't know when it's going to come out. It's going to come out when it comes out. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to point out this is not going to be the last time I talk about this movie on my YouTube channel. But yeah, anyway, thank you all for listening. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please subscribe. Press the like button or the dislike button. Leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. Um, and you can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean.com, Podcast Addicts. And I think that's it. Yeah, yep, I'm pretty sure that's it. But yeah, and also make sure to follow me on the socials down in the links, you know, below. And again, thanks for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.